Thanks for checking out the Oasis Church podcast from Camden, Arkansas. Each week we share the message from our Sunday worship service. Join us anytime. More information at camdenoasischurch.com. Man, we are glad that you are here this morning. Uh, normally, we would be in this middle of a series right now called Fruit of the Spirit. And again, let me encourage you next week. You don't want to miss next week. We're talking about this thing called peace and um, in a world that is anxiety-filled, I have a message that I can't wait to preach to you next Sunday. But today's Mother's Day. I, I was reading a couple different stories this week that I thought was interesting. There was a little girl who was uh, watching her mom. She was at the kitchen sink, and she was doing all the dishes. And, uh, and the little girl asked this question. Mom, who, who is a brunette, um, brown hair, said, Mom, I, I noticed you're getting a little more gray hairs up there. Why, why, why are you getting those? The mom thought for an instance, hey, this is a good teaching opportunity. She said, well, baby, anytime that you make me cry, I get a gray hair. Anytime you make me upset, I get a gray hair. Anytime you don't do what I want you to do, I get a gray hair. Anytime you talk back, I get a gray hair. Baby, I get a lot of gray hairs because of you. The little girl thought about it for a moment and says, well, this explains so much then. Mom's like, well, what, what do you mean? So that's why Meemaw's hairs are so gray. There was another story I read this week. There was a lady who was um, about eight months pregnant, and um, all of a sudden she got into a terrible car accident and um, went into a coma for six months. She woke up, and when she woke up, she was just frantic because when she went for the wreck, she was pregnant, and she looked down, and she didn't have the belly or anything. So she woke up, and the doctors came in there and said, hey, listen, listen, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. The babies are just fine. She goes, well, where are they? So, well, let me tell you a little bit about them. You have, two, you have a, a set of twins. You, you have a boy and a girl. She said, man, that's awesome. She said, so what would happen was when you got in the car wreck, we called your nephew down from Maryland. And she said, oh, please, God, no, he's an idiot. And said, so we, we didn't know who else to call. So he came down and he, he named your kids. And she's like, are you kidding me right now? She said, please tell me, what, what, what's my girl's name? I said, Denise. I thought, that ain't a bad name. I like that. Maybe he did good. So what's the boy's name? The nephew. The nephew. It's a joke. We laugh here today at church. We can. Man, it is Mother's Day Sunday, and we're so excited that you are here. We, again, we want to take a time and wish you a happy Mother's Day. I know as exciting as today is, I also recognize that this is a day that carries with it man, all sorts of emotions for everybody here today. There are a lot of ladies here today that you know the pain of childlessness, maybe miscarriage, stillbirth. There's even moms in the room who have lost a child. But there are other moms I know sitting here today that you probably have a broken or strained relationship with one of your kids, if not all of them. And for you, man, today holds just a special kind of pain. I think there are other moms here today and, that you've lost your mom. And she's gone on to be with the Lord. And you do anything, give anything to just hear her voice one more time. Some of us can't help but think about all the ways we wish we would have been a better parent. And for others of us, we're probably thinking, man, I wish I would have been a better son or daughter. And for others of you, man, today is going to be the best day ever. All your kids are here. The row is packed out. And man, you're just going to celebrate all day long. But working on this week's message, it really made me think about a story about a young pastor. He was uh, approached by a funeral home director, and he came and he said, listen, we've got this crazy situation. There was a, a homeless man that was coming through town, and he got hit by a car, and he died. We need somebody to do his, his funeral. But here's the thing. He has no family. He has no friends. We don't, we don't even know how, who to contact. 
And uh, so we're fixing, to, we're fixing to just have a funeral service for him. But I'm going to go and tell you, nobody's showing up to it. He said, would you be interested in doing it? The young pastor was like, yeah, man, sign me up. I would give anything. So the young pastor went home and started writing this message and put his heart and soul into it. The funeral director called him about the day. And he said, now listen, it's going to be on a backwoods county road. We, we finally got a plot of land. He's going to be the first person buried here in the cemetery. He said, man, no worry. He wrote the address down. Well, the day of the funeral came, and all of a sudden, this guy, he's driving along, and he does what most men do. We get lost, right? And this man is an hour late. All of a sudden, he passes this county road, and there's a backhoe sitting um, in, in this field, and there's two guys. They're sitting down for lunchtime. So the guy pulls up, and he says, man, what am I fixing to do? Like, do I just keep on going, or do I go, I preach this message? What do I do? Man, he's like, okay, I'm preaching this message. So he went, and he approached the two construction guys that had been digging the hole. And he said, hey, listen, I know this is going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. And he said, but and I have a message, and I have to preach this for this guy. Like, I, I know it's confusing, but will you mind? Two guys are like, no, go ahead, man. Well, they just got their sandwiches, and they stood around, and everybody's kind of gathered around this hole. Hey, listen, church, that young man went after it. And the more he preached, the more excited he got. This boy went from Genesis to Revelation, Revelation all the way back to Genesis. And all of a sudden, these construction workers are like, amen, brother. He let out a little Hallelujah. Like, glory, like, that's good, like, preach it. Now, come on. All of a sudden, man, these guys are just encouraging this young boy, and he is just preaching his heart and soul out. He gets to the end of it, he prays, and he's walking back. He says, hey, thank you, fellas, for allowing me this opportunity. Y'all have a good day. Well, man, this young pastor is walking back to his car, chest held high. Man, he was just excited. And then he overheard those guys say, listen, I've been putting in septic tanks my entire life, and I ain't never seen anything like that. Here, here's, the, here's the truth of today. There are days, us pastors, we miss the mark when we preach. And moms, I want you to hear me. I hope and pray that today is not that day. I want to speak a little bit of encouragement over your lives. I, I, I don't believe, I could be wrong, it's happened before, but I don't think that there's a mother here today that feels like you have it all together. Just purely pure speculation here. I, I'm going to guess that there's not a mom in here today that when you woke up and you knew you were coming here, you thought... Man, I hope he don't preach on being the perfect mom because I am the perfect mom. I could be wrong, but you might be here and you're thinking, man, my parenting skills are top notch. The kids are, my kids are the best kids in the world. They're academically superior to ever the child in the world. They never misbehave. They do everything I ask them to the first time I ask. My marriage is perfect. My husband is perfect. My house is always immaculate. I feel absolutely beautiful. My career could not be any better. My life is perfect. I think one of the myths that most moms have bought into today is this ideal of being the perfect mom. Now, here's the thing. Did you know when we were introduced to this ideal of the perfect mom? It was in 1957. It was a TV show called Leave It to Beaver. Does anybody remember Miss June Cleaver? Oh, Lord Jesus. Was she not perfect? Like, you watch that show. I mean, this girl's wearing a dress all through the house all day long. When she cleans house, she wears pearls of all things. If the husband and the wife, if they get into a little bit of conflict, they never raise their voice. It's always calm and collective and proper. And it's always solved in a span of about 30 minutes. Now, I don't know about you, but when we get in fights, we're just getting to the good stuff at 30 minutes. Like, we're at the name call in about 30 minutes. We still got a whole two hours to go of fighting, but they get everything resolved in a span of about 30 minutes. But with her introductions, moms all of a sudden begin to feel the pressure of perfection. And unfortunately, things haven't really changed all that much. 
TV show after TV show, movie after movie, they love portraying this ideal of the perfect family. Man, I love watching movies, especially when it comes to like family shows. And there's always that scene, is there not? It's the mom, she got up, it's a Tuesday morning. She got up and she has cooked the biggest breakfast for her family. The kids come down, man, shirts are neatly tucked in, hair is perfect, teeth are pearly white. They come down and all of a sudden they're just kind of gathered around the family table using nice words. Man, I hope you have just a wonderful day. It's calm and collective. Everybody's supportive. The husband eats. He runs off. The kids go get on the school bus. Everything is perfect. Now, listen, I don't know about your household, but my household does not look like that. On any given Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, our house maybe looks like a scene from The Walking Dead. Like we, a lot of times we're running from our kids because we don't want to mess with them. Like that's what our day looks like. Moms, here's what I've learned when it comes to all of this, that there's not a mom in the room that feels like you can relate to June Cleaver. I don't believe that there's a mom in the room that feels like you have it all together. So here's what I've really learned. This ideal of perfectionism, perfectionism does not make you feel perfect. It always makes you feel inadequate, does it not? And this ideal of everything being perfect, you never get there, so you always feel inadequate. Moms, I want you to hear me this morning, and I don't think a pastor's ever told you this, but it's okay for you to not be okay. It's okay for you not to be perfect. It's okay for you not to have your life together. It's okay for you to have bad months, bad moments. It's okay for us to experience that. Hey, listen to me today. This morning, I'm not here to beat you down. I'm not here to preach a message on how you need to do better, be better, try harder, or any of that. This morning, I just want to bring you some encouragement. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go and turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter uh, 2 is where we're going to be at. I I was thinking this week, like, man, what, what, what mom do I preach on and there's so many good moms all throughout scripture that we could turn our eyes to, but there, there's one lady that I just, I kept coming back to that I want to preach on today. It's the mother of Jesus. Her name is Mary. Now, some religions love to classify Mary as a saint, but you need to know that Mary had many of the same fears and struggles and worries that every mom in this room experiences today. This morning, I want us to look at three words that I think define most moms today. It's the word celebration. It's the word frustration and dedication. Celebration, frustration, and dedication. Let's look at celebration first. As a mom, I believe you should be one of the biggest cheerleaders and celebrators of your kids. Listen to what the Bible says in Luke chapter 1. I said 2. Go back to Luke chapter 1, verse 31. This is what the Bible says. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great will be called the son of the most high. I love how the message paraphrases it. It says this, and Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. Moms, from the first time you found out that you were expecting a child, every mom believes that God has a plan for your child, do you not? I've never met a mom in my entire life that believes, you know what? I bet his life is going to be terrible when it grows up. No moms think that. There's not a mom in the room that thinks their daughter is going to be destined for misery. No, every mom believes that God has a purpose and a plan for that child's life. And we start off celebrating, do we not? You moms, the big thing right now is um, gender reveal parties. Oh man, if you've been on Facebook, there are some, 
some nuts out there about how they want to celebrate where it's a boy or a girl. It's from guns to Tannerite that just makes big explosives. That's the only one that I think is appropriate. There was one the other day. They were at a Major League Baseball game. They got a guy come up. He's on the field. He stood out, and he pitched it to him, and the dude hit it, and I think it's a girl. The pink dust went everywhere. He gave him a bat. Like, man, we love to celebrate. We, we love to bring everybody into it. We start off celebrating. I believe that moms were designed and created to celebrate your kids. And I love it because most dads, we are vaguely unaware of anything our kids do, right? Amen, ladies? Like some of y'all like preach. That's the strongest thing you've said today. Moms, do you remember when your kids did something for the very first time? Hey, ladies, I need you to work with me. If you remember your kids' first steps, raise your hand. You remember, hey, young or old, you remember your first kids. Now, more than likely, I don't know about your experience, but we gave our kids a small heart attack. We, we were sitting in the floor and we were kind of trying to get Jensen to walk and he's all wobbly, got the big old diaper for cushion and he falls down. He took two steps and listen to me, you thought we won the Super Bowl. Like we're like, woo! And all of a sudden he just welled up with emotions and fear and started boo-hooing. We scared the mess out of that kid. But we were celebrating. Hey, ladies, let me ask you, do you remember when you were fixing to get um, a little bit of a raise when you were moving from diapers to potty training? When your b- account was fixing to go up because you ain't got to buy a $30 box of diapers anymore? Whoo! Listen, that's some bad stuff. But, but you remember all the cheerleading you did to get your kids to do it? Oh man, it was a pep rally every time. Like, whoa, you can do it, you can do it. Like, it was just nothing but encouragement. You remember when your kids, they, 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 they wrote their name for the first time or, or they drew a picture? Do y'all remember this? Now listen, this separates the men from the boys in here today because moms, you get it? Oh baby, that is so good. Men get it and we're like, what is this? This thing's terrible looking. Like, what? I don't know what this is. Go put that away. That's terrible. Man, we celebrate. I think moms, when God created you, he put this thing inside of you that was calling you, challenged you to celebrate your kids. Moms, I want you to hear me. Celebrate your kids. I still remember today, as a middle-aged adult, all the times my mom celebrated the different things that I did in my life. Now, here I am all these years later, and I want you to know that it has a lasting impression it's important because it's the little things that matter, doesn't it, mom? When it seems like, or it maybe even feels like you aren't making a bit of difference in their lives, I can promise you they'll never forget it. Moms, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. What you do today makes a difference in tomorrow. What you do today with your kids makes a difference in their lives tomorrow. The second word that I want you to hang on to that I think describes a lot of mom today is this word called frustration. And I am almost positive that more than likely, mom, you've probably already experienced that here today. Sunday is the day that if it can happen, it's going to happen. And especially when you're on your way to church trying to get the kids ready, like it never goes good. Let me tell you a little bit of story. Three years ago, Easter Sunday. Now I have two boys. They're almost the apple of my eye. Probably not. One of them is solid. I want to put a picture up on the screen for you here today. Uh, This is our house in Waxahachie. The one standing on the fireplace, his name is Jensen Rex Sheets. Now this boy, he shoots straight. He doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. He's pretty quick on his toes. Now if you'll notice, it's Easter Sunday, right church? And there's one of my boys that is fully dressed. He's ready to go. There's another one with the butt crack hanging out. His name is Tucker Evans Sheets. He's the reason I pray a whole lot more. 
Marley got both of the boys dressed. She went to the back bedroom to finish getting on her makeup and getting dressed for church. And then there was this thing called quietness that happened. Now, you know about quietness, don't you? If kids are quiet, something's wrong. She comes around the corner, and this is what she sees right here from Tucker Evans Sheets. Do we not have that picture? Tom, next slide, Tommy. Look at there. You see that? The boy's got chocolate all on his Easter Sunday best suit. She walks around the corner and she's like, are you kidding me right now? Spent all day long getting our little preacher right there and he's got chocolate. And this boy, he ain't even mad about it. It's the best chocolate of his life. Here's what I've learned. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen more than likely on, on a Sunday. Um, if you're a parent with a child, you better believe it. At some point, either your child has frustrated you or hang on, they're going to frustrate you. But here's what I want to, for you to hear me today. When I say this word frustration, I'm not talking about you're a little bothered by something. I'm talking about you're to the point where you are starting to believe that you, because of what your kids do or don't do, you feel like you are a bad mom. Man, I have seen countless kids, they all of a sudden they'll come and they'll take a test and they'll flunk that test. And moms think or believe that because of that, because they flunked the test, that she must be a horrible mom. And I tell them all the time, like, no, your, your child flunked the test, not you. That doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It just means that your child flunked the test. But moms, isn't it true that for whatever reason, you can't separate your child's failure and your frustrations? I believe every mom in the room has seen their children fail or make a mistake or something along those lines, and you feel that in some way or somehow, it's your fault. It's my fault. I'm not a good enough mom. I didn't do some things right. If that's you today, I want you to write this down. Your identity is not, is not in your children. Your identity is in your Savior. But far too many moms, you lock your identity in with your children and their behavior and what they do. And they determine if you're a good mom or a bad mom. But I want you to hear me tonight. Your identity is not in your kids. Your identity is in your Savior. When it comes to parenting, some of you, uh, it has been great for your sanctification Man, your kids have tested you. They made you to call on the Lord Jesus more times than you could count. And probably most of those times, the only prayer you know how to pray is, Dear Lord Jesus, please don't let me hurt my child today. Man, if we were to poll in here today, there's almost every mama that say, Oh, I prayed that. I prayed it on the way to church this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, please don't let me hurt my child. They're, They're pushing it today. Let me just ask you this question. Do you think Mary ever got frustrated with Jesus? Son of God, it's a trick question. Do you think Mary ever got frustrated with him? Put yourself in her shoes for just a moment. You're the mother of Jesus. The whole family has gotten together with all the community around them, and they're getting ready to make their uh, their annual road trip to Jerusalem. They would walk from Galilee to Jerusalem, which usually took anywhere between three to about seven days. And oftentimes, they would travel in big, large crowds. Most of the men would get together, most of the women would get together, and the kids would just kind of mingle in between. And all of a sudden, here's the thing that I want you to see. We're told in Luke chapter 2 that Mary and Joseph, uh, they made it to Jerusalem with Jesus. And we're also told that they attended the celebration with Jesus. And then we're told that they made the trip back home, but you'll never forget, you'll never guess who they forgot in Jerusalem. Jesus. 
They remind you, the Son of God, they left him in Jerusalem, and they left him for three long days. Now, most of us, if our kids come up missing, not men, moms, most of the times, if our kids come up missing, hey, we're quick, we're on the phone, 911, I haven't seen my kid for about four minutes, I don't know where he's at, can we send rescue parties out, we think they're outside, and really, they're just hiding underneath the kitchen table. Well, we get panicked when these type of things happen. And, and most of the times, when all this stuff happens, like, like it just kind of resonates with all these different things. He was gone for three days, ladies, and you thought you were a bad mom. Three days. They, they, they left the son of God, it, Jesus, in Jerusalem for three days. Mary thought Joseph had him. Joseph thought he was with Mary. And all of a sudden, three days later, they come and they're like, oh, I thought, but you don't? We left him. Crazy, is it not? Moms, let me ask you, could you go three days without seeing your kids? Dads can. We can do this for a long time. But moms will be like, no, I need to check on them. But maybe day one I can get away with it because he's on my nerves. But day two and three, I like, I need to see my boy. Three days they forgot him. So, so they head back to Jerusalem and they start looking for him. Listen to the conversation that takes place in Luke chapter 2, verse 48. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, now notice it's his mom saying to him, not his dad, because mama's fixing to lose her mind. Listen to what she says. Son, why have you treated us so? Why'd you do this? What were you thinking? Like, parents, you ever asked that question to your kids before? Like, what are you thinking? Listen to what he says. Behold, she says, behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. You see the frustration in her voice? But listen to Jesus's response. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know? And we just need to pause here for just for a moment, because obviously this family is not from the South, because we all know that that's a big old no-no what he just said. Hey, listen, our boys, we have a fun time because that's when mama's fixing to tear up a booty. Hey, I love, we'll go out in public and there's be a kid that's screaming and hollering. We'll get to the car and I'll ask Jensen and Tucker, like, hey, what'd you think about that? Like, oh, dad, uh-uh. Like, that's right, boy. We'll go to Walmart. Walmart's the best parenting tactics in the world. The other day, there was a girl screaming in Walmart. We walked by and Jensen, or I think Tucker said, like, mm-mm, not in the Sheets household. We don't do that. Hey, listen, I I want you to hear me, and I don't want you to have bad theology here. Listen to me in this moment. Jesus, that was not his tone. He wasn't being sarcastic. He didn't have an attitude. Jesus wasn't even being disrespectful here. Uh, But all I hear in this moment when I read that verse is a sarcastic teenager. Do you not? He said to them, why are you looking for me? Do you not know? Like, that's all I hear in that moment. But moms, I need you to lean in a whole lot to what I'm fixing to tell you. Listen to what the Bible says in 49 and 50. 49, 50, 51, 52. And he said to them, why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Verse 50. And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And they, mom and dad, did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them, came to Nazareth and submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and favor with God. Moms, I don't want you to miss this. Some of you are frustrated with your kids academically. Some of you are frustrated with your kids, maybe their career choices now that they're older. Some of you probably are frustrated with your kids spiritually. You might just be frustrated with your kids in general. But man, do not miss this. Mary was frustrated with Jesus, but God was doing something in the life of Jesus. Let me say that again. 
she was frustrated with Jesus, but God was doing something in the life of Jesus that Mary was completely unaware of. Can I share a simple truth with you this morning about your kids? Sometimes God is going to do a work in your child's life that is completely out of your control. There are going to be times that God is going to do a work in your child's life that you are completely unaware of. There are going to be other times that God is going to allow your kids to go through trials and problems and storms. And it's in these moments that you have to trust him. Man, one of the things that you have to start doing right now in your life today, mom, is you have to remind yourself that God loves your kids more than you do. Do you hear me? Listen, you're not the the, the end all here. God loves your boys and your girls, no matter how young or old they are, he loves them more than you do. One of the things I constantly have to remind myself on a daily basis is, Billy, God loves my boys more than I ever could. And when it comes to my kids, he has a purpose for their life. He has a plan for their life. He has a calling for that life. And that calling more than likely is going to be different than what I want or what I desire or what I even hope for. But I have to remember that it is God who loves my boys, who created my boys and put purpose in their life. That that, that Psalm, you knit me together in my mother's womb, you put me together. It's not just about Billy Sheets. It's not just about you, the dad or you, the mom. It's about your kids. The the ones we dedicated, every kid up there in the nursery. Man, it's about them. And God has a purpose for their life and a plan for life. And more likely, God's going to do a work in their life that you and I are completely unaware of. And I have to remember that God is doing a work in their life. I I think the last word that when it comes to moms is the word dedication. I don't believe there's a more dedicated group of people on the planet like moms And you are dedicated to protecting your kids, encouraging your kids, supporting your kids, and loving your kids. And if right now you're here this morning, you're thinking, oh, here it comes. This is where he's about to tell me, the moms, you need to be more dedicated to your kids. Hey, please hear me, I'm not. Moms, I'm just here to tell you that as much as you are dedicated to your kids, Jesus Christ is much more dedicated to you being the greatest mom that you can be. Can I share something with you this morning? Moms, you, you hear this one thing. You have to remember that God has appointed you to be their mom. And he has every intention on helping you be the mom that he created you to be. Pa- parenting is one of the most difficult and hardest jobs on the planet. And there are some days I'm sure that you feel inadequate in every way imaginable but you have to know and believe that the god who made you the mother of your children did not make a mistake when he appointed you as their mom ladies listen to me god knows everything about you he knows what you're capable of he knows what you're incapable of he knows your strengths he knows your weaknesses he knows your faults he knows everything nobody else knows about you he knows everything And one of the questions that has been running through my mind all week long leading up to Mother's Day is this. It's this question, why did God choose Mary to be the mother of Jesus? Have you ever thought about that? Like, why did God choose Mary to be the mother of Jesus? Why her? Now, here's what I want you to know. Ladies, don't miss this. There were a lot better moms all around the region. There there were a lot better moms who were more capable. There were a lot better moms who could have been better off. They probably could have gave Jesus more things than, than, than Mary could afford. And all week long, I've asked this question, why her? And here's what I've learned. It's simple, but it's so comforting. Listen to this. Why did God choose Mary to be the mother of Jesus? Mary was who Jesus needed the most as his mom. 
Mary was who Jesus needed the most as his mom. So moms, let me ask you a little bit better question here this morning. Why did God choose you to be the mother of your kids? Why you? Why not somebody else? Why you? Here it is. You are the mom who your child needs the most. It's you. Your little boy, your little girl, they need you more than anybody else. And I believe with all my heart today, God wanted me to remind you that he has appointed you, he has called you, and he has chose you over every other lady in the world to be your child's mom. Isn't that encouraging? Man, if we could put this in, to be very practical here today, I want you to know this, that when it comes to my two boys, there's not another mom in the world that could do better than her. It, it's her. When, when it comes to Hannah, there's not a better mom in the world that your kids need. Shadia, there's not a better mom in the world that can do it the way you do. Manda, not a better mom in the world to raise your kids. Rachel, not a better mom in the world to raise your kids. Jessica, every other mom in the world. You hear me? There is not a better mom that can raise your kids the way you do. You might feel it, you might think it, and you might struggle with it. But you have to hear me. You have been appointed by God. You've been set apart by God. You've been called by God. You've been elected by God. You've been chosen by God over every other woman in the world to be your child's mom. Why do you do it? Because you are who your child needs more than everyone else. Ladies, your, your child needs your gifts. They need your talents. They need your qualities. They need the things that you're capable of. And they even need the things that you're incapable of. Why? Because God is going to use you, your good and your bad and everything in between. He is going to use you to help nurture and love and push your child towards Christ. To help you grow him or her into the person that God has created them to be. And he is going to use you ladies to do it. And have confidence in that. Be encouraged to know that God has entrusted you to be a mom. So man, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of our moms here today. And I think you're doing a fantastic job. And there's not a better person in the world to do it. If I get you to close your eyes and bow your head, heads, it's Mother's Day, I want you to know that moms, you are making a difference whether you believe it or not. Every conversation that you have, every act of correction that takes place, every single one of you is making a difference and has made a difference. There are days that I believe at the end of the day, a mom can come and catch herself wondering, what exactly did I do today? This question oftentimes comes as a result of feeling like nothing was accomplished, but hear me, something was accomplished. You impacted a life. You communicated to your child that they matter. You're important, and you are worth the fight. Listen, moms, I want you to know that you are not alone. And that's why our church exists. We want to come and partner with you and help you become the mom that God has created you to be. Listen, I want you to know the one who has called you is with you. 
and he is faithful to you and he will sustain you he will carry you and he will help you every step of the way so during this time of invitation I don't know what God's stirring in your heart maybe you just need to come and maybe your mom and you need to come and ask for wisdom direction clarity if you do I hope your husband comes with you I hope your your friends come with you somebody that's close to you maybe you just need to come and say God thank you for giving me my kids Father help me lead them steward them the way that you have called church family I don't know what God has laid on your heart would you be obedient to it Father we come to you today and Father we're so grateful for this Mother's Day and Father we're so thankful for all the moms here today and Father we just pray right now that we just need wisdom we need direction we need clarity parenting is hard whether our kids are old whether our kids are young Father, we just want to continue to point them and push them to Christ. So, Father, we ask that you help us, point us in the right direction. We love you, praise you in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me here this morning?